At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Oh, and by the way, I like that you got your balls back and you're you're fucking drinking alcohol. How about that? Yeah, yeah. I, you're uh, on number. You're on number two, and I I had to I refilled my first one, but I was only at like here. Let's just be good. Let's be great. Let's aim high. Hey, oh, welcome in, listeners of old and those new to the podcast. This is the TFA Dino Show. I am Robbie Jeffries, one of your hosts, along with my guy Tom Corson. And if you guys heard us a couple weeks ago, it's been it's been a week since we recorded. We did kind of our first live show where we broke down the NFL draft from a dynasty perspective, kind of giving you guys long-term outlooks on some of these landing spots. And, and if you guys want to see that, head over to the YouTube channel, of The Fantasy Authority. You can check that out. We had a ton of fun with our guy, Cody Kutzer. But now we're back to the pod version of this. And and Tom, how are you? It's It's been a while since we've we've gotten together, just you and me. I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm looking forward to this evening. Uh, I like to talk the football and the dynasty and all these ranking disputes. This is uh, a lot of fun for us. I, I know that we work really hard on, on our rankings. Um, so I'm looking forward to it, man. And yeah, uh, actually, you know what? It's good to see your fucking face, Robbie. You're married. Yeah. I have no idea what's going to happen with you. I, I don't know when she's going to lock you in a basement. I don't know if that the new house has a basement. <laughs> So, you know what? It's just good to see your face. Good to see that you're alive. No basement, so I'm safe on that one single account. But um, before we d- jump into you know, some Dynasty uh, rankings disputes, I-, I wanted to ask you, because we always have a question of the week, and, and we kind of got away from it for a couple weeks, but I want to bring it back because I just love kind of talking non-fantasy for a hot second. And and what's the best burger that you ever had? Because there's a ton of places that I've lived in, in my 28 years of, of life so far, and I've had a lot of great burgers, but I'm curious – where the best spot that you've been to get a burger. So it was in New York city and I'm blanking on the name and I will get the name. And, but it, it was also the best bloody Mary I've ever had. 
Um, and it was on a nice brioche bun. Uh, I think it was a filleted, like a ground fillet burger with a, a little thin slice of pork roll, uh, a fried egg, and some bacon, and some like tomato marmalade um, bacon amazingness. That was absolutely banging. I don't even know what else to say. If you haven't, if you like eggs, and you haven't had like pork roll and an egg on your burger, especially after it, you, some places call it a hangover burger, because it just it sets you sets you up nicely after a day like that, and you have it with a bloody mary. Oof. Yes, do it. it. You are you are absolutely speaking my language. Um, mine is called the breakfast Lucy. So, uh -huh. so talk about your yeah. breakfast burger, but now you're talking um, your juicy Lucy, which is kind of a staple for Minnesota, mm -hmm. specifically the Minneapolis St. Paul area. So I lived there in 2016 and, and a really good spot to get this is blue door pub. So blue door Lucy instead of, you know, juicy Lucy, they kind of put their own spin on it, but the breakfast Lucy is exactly what you're talking about, right? It has the fried egg. It has the bacon. And then on top of that, it's just got the cheese inside the meat. Yeah. And I just think that mm -hmm. that's fantastic. Hard to beat that. And, and I like how you kind of dressed yours up a little bit. The brochet bun kind of giving me a brioche. Picture. Brioche. Come on, get it right. Oh, oh brioche. Yeah, yeah. brioche. You are, you're oh, so fancy so with your words. <laughs> so good. Yeah, so, yeah I'm sorry. Just, I know how to, I know how to say regular words. I just can't say players' names. Apparently, I know it's so funny how we flip on this. I, I'm I'm the uncultured swine here that I am, not understanding what that is. So it's just I, I, a I like type that. of bun, man. That's all. But yeah, so we just we just want to kind of hit on a little, little bit of food, uh, get you guys' tummies rumbling. But let's jump into a, a quick piece of news because this news is just kind of taking on legs of its own, and I feel like people are creating just so many destination spots for where will Julio Jones go. And, and I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts because I've just heard the most wild things at this point where it seems like he can go anywhere. Like he can go to the moon if he wants to right now. And people are like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. The moon has enough salary cap for him. I think they could take him on. <laughs> and I just feel like everyone's just making up a spot, making it work. But who, who do you think uh, it sounds like, you know, he, he's kind of on his way out. He doesn't want to uh, be there anymore. Do you think he, he's, he's gone? And, and if so, where is he going? Well, he's he. There's 30 teams that he could go to. The two teams that he won't go to is Atlanta and Dallas. Because God damn, <laughs> I blame Skip that Bayless, man. Fantastic. Like when one of your head spokesperson for your teams on a national uh, television program is Skip Bayless, you're just gonna get people to hate it. So I love how Tom, you're wearing your Eagles. I've got my Cowboys on, and I have to kind of just like shield myself. Uh, for those watching on video, because yeah, I just it, it sucks when you have Skip Bayless as your spokesperson, Ugh, unofficial spokesperson. I, I hate it. Uh, but yeah, I, th I thought that was pretty funny. I was like, oh shit, <laughs> like Dallas needed him anyway. I don't even understand why that was a debate. Uh, right. There's no point. Um, so the KC one would be interesting, and people are saying no because of the salary cap. You can move money around and fit him in. I don't. I don't know about that. The Tennessee one has legs, I think, the Tennessee landing spot. And then you got A.J. Brown coming out, having a hype video about, you know, how good Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry is just a superhuman. And, you know, A.J. Brown, he's like, I'm okay at football too. That would be pretty crazy to see A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, like just those. Well, you have A.J., Henry, and Julio. If they're all on the field at the same time, those three physical specimens just wow. like, I, uh, yeah, it's just physical dominance uh, over people. Uh, the New England one, 
I'm convinced that New Englanders are they, they're basically already buying Julio's jersey. <laughs> that's what they're doing. They're convinced. Uh, so that's that, that's cracking me up. I, I don't know if that's going to happen. It's been a splashy off season for them. A weird splashy off season, like not like big waves, Always. just like little little weird splashes that you're like, okay, Kendrick Bourne, go right ahead, oh, it knock was, your socks it's off. So, it's so funny. I saw a blurb and it was, <laughs> it was like, well, you know, New England doesn't have any wide receivers that defenses really have to worry about except Nelson Aguilar. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> Hold the phone. Wait a minute. <laughs> so that would be just, that would be weird. Um, so I'm rooting for Tennessee. Uh, I, I wouldn't love it for A.J. Brown. Uh, Derrick Henry, I mean, how do you – at that point, you can't you can't right. play uh, with people in a box. They're just going to destroy you. Nope. Uh, and that offense is already showing they can support two wide receivers. So that, that would be a fun one, I, I think. And I think they could both be uh, extremely fantasy relevant. And then in that circumstance, you're looking at Ryan Tannehill having probably like a top 12 season, uh, which is just going to blow people's minds. So, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, I, I think that's that's one that's like your dream scenario. You know, mm-hmm. I think it takes a little bit off of AJ Brown's ceiling, but he, he could still be fine, right? We've seen Calvin Ridley and yeah, Calvin Ridley and, and Julio Jones have had success together. And, and I think the same thing could happen if he were to land there with AJ Brown, right? The talent is still there. Um, there's enough to go around. But if I can't get that scenario where it helps uh, Derek Henry, it helps Ryan Tannehill. I think it just helps all of those fantasy options there. If we can't get that, I would like to see the Colts do it. They have the money. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they have the need. And I think they have the fit where he wants to go to a Super Bowl team, right? Like this is a guy that uh, came 28 to three away from winning a Super Bowl. And, and he wants to get that. And, and what's a team that can do that? And I think one of the most complete rosters in the NFL is the Indianapolis Colts. And what are they really missing right now? I think they're missing kind of that absolute alpha wide receiver. I think oh, yeah. Michael Pittman can get there. I'm not going to pound the table saying he's there yet. And so if they can add him, um, they have the two big guys on the outside. They have Paris Campbell on the inside for Carson Wentz, who I still think – I believe in Carson Wentz. Um, I, I think he had a rough year last year. But um, I think with those weapons, he could be lights up, right, wheels up. So – um, yeah, I think that'd be another really cool destination that also has the the, the cap room to sign him, and he would want to go to that team because they have the potential to go far in the postseason. So the big thing with the Colts that we have to consider is the draft capital that they've already given up to get Carson Wentz. So right now it's a conditional first-round pick that's a second-round pick right now. So their one and their two is already tied up. So Indy would have to take probably a three and then another pick the following year and does Indy want to give up they're only gonna have one pick in the first three rounds in that scenario so it might have to be a 2023 first round pick or some shit like that uh, for Indy to get that job done or they have to include a player or something it's just I agree completely it's just the the logistics of the Colts acquiring him uh, they'd have to be creative in doing it no, absolutely. So there's a there are some potential spots for him to go to. Um, that would be exciting for us dynasty players. Let's let's get into a little bit of uh, of disputes, Tom. A little back and forth action here. You know, okay. you and I 
we, 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 I feel like we mostly see eye to eye, but there's a couple players here where we have some disagreements and it's kind of funny because our very first episode, if you remember back to episode one was a, a rankings dispute. We just kind of started off the dino show with just saying, Hey, you know, this is us. We want to have some back and forth, you know, not just say, Oh yeah, I like this player and you like this player. Let's move on to the next player. We want to have a full conversation, give fans a 360 view of what these players can do on the plus side, maybe on the negative side as well. So excited to start this off and, and, who better to start this off, uh, I think, than Tua Tungvaluwa, who is a guy that I think you could make a big case for that could make a huge jump in 2021, or with all this new firepower, if he doesn't quite get it done, maybe there's just a ton of questions about his ability to take that next step. And so right now I have him as my quarterback 10. You have him as quarterback 14 and DLF ADP, which is the ADP we're going to kind of reference for consensus rankings, right? Um, they have him at quarterback 13. So I'm a little bit on the high end of him. You know, Talk to me about why you have him there at, at quarterback 14. So uh, nothing will make you update your ranks like doing a startup draft and actually having to – draft players so if you go strictly off your rankings then you realize well shit why do i have him at him because i have zero desire to get him in this circumstance especially at the same position your overall ranks can flux uh based on you know what you're doing in a draft so um yeah so i I, i'm in the middle of a startup now and then i'm going through and i'm looking at my stuff and i have no idea i i must have been like hammered or i couldn't read but I don't know why I have Zach Wilson over to him. So Uh-oh. he's he's being bumped up to 13. And he could be bumped up to 12 right ahead to Sean Watson. Um, I got to think about that. So 14's wrong. Um, so when you did this, this is that's fine. So we are closer on Tua than I think, um, you know, I, I did. It's just when you go back and you look after a little bit, you're like, ah, shit, man, that was wrong. Ah, uh, damn so, it. Robbie was actually correct. Yeah, Tua is so be great. <laughs> you have him at 10, you said? Yep. That's wrong. But <laughs> I was also wrong. So we're both wrong. You're more wronger than, than I am. So I, I do have him at, I have him at 13. Um, with all of his weapons that they did, you could see that leap like, and these are really bad examples in hindsight, Carson Wentz and Jared Goff took those big leaps when they wound up getting surrounded with all these offensive weapons. And what they've done is they've gotten people who can stretch the field and Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle. That was their number one priority was to get speed so they could open up the, you know, intermediate routes, underneath routes, middle of the field. Gasecki's going to do some work and, you know, Jalen Waddle's just going to be, he's probably going to be working out of the slot a you know, a ton. So you're going to have Jalen Waddle in the slot, and then you're going to have Will Fuller and, and Devontae Park on the outside and Gasecki in the other, you know, flanker slot spot. That's just that's just silly. So if he doesn't get it done, he's got all the things, you know, uh, in his direction. So that they're pointing in his favor. So, I, I, yeah, I, I like him more than what that 14 indicates. He'll be moving up a little bit. Now, I can't rank him over – where do you have him real quick? I'm sorry. You have him at 10. I, I can't rank him over Justin Fields, and you have him one spot over Justin Fields. So that's that's one. And then you also have him over another guy that we're going to talk about in a little bit, Trey Lance, which, yeah, I'm not going there yet. Yeah, so so those are two guys, obviously rookies. We need to still see what they, what they bring to an NFL table right now. And I think with, with those two, 
we'll, we'll, we'll find out a lot with this year, but those are both guys that I'm going to have uh, securely behind him uh, just, just because I believe what Tua did in college coming out of college is still better than what Trey Lance did coming out of college and even Justin Fields, who, who had a, a remarkable uh, um, season in his own right. So I think they're very comparable, but still Tua has one of the greatest seasons to date before Joe Burrow just smashed a lot of those um, records in, in 2020. So, you know, I think, or 2019, that would be, I guess. Um, so I really like uh, Tua's collegiate production. And now we have a full off season of Tua getting in, ingrained in this offense. He's the starter. You know, he has um, not virtual meetings. He has actual meetings. He's in, in the, the, the room he's in on the field in this off season. And so, you know, coming off a major hip surgery in late November, no rookie camp, virtual meetings, not allowed in the building until August. He's learned a new playbook coming off of that hip injury again. And, you know, he was quarterback 20 from weeks nine to 17. And that's with all of that stuff precursing that. So, uh, talk about the weapons or the lack thereof this last year. He had Devontae Parker and Mike Gusecki, two good targets. That's that's fair to say, but you're not knocking down anybody's doors with those two guys as your top weapons. And so now we fast forward to now. He gets Jalen Waddle, like you're saying, stretch the field. Will Fuller now stretch the field. Devontae Parker, a good uh, ex-wide receiver. And then Mike Gusecki kind of as that flanker, that bigger guy uh, in the middle. Um, he's now has, I think, the weapons to take that next step. It's it's tough to find him outside of my top 10. You know, I, I just think that he has everything to take that next leap, and I'm going to be ahead of the curve instead of trying to catch up afterwards saying, man, we should have had Tua higher. And the one big advantage that Tua has over Justin Fields is the weapons around him. Uh, that's, that's a big one. Trey Lance, he's got some good wide receivers, and it's for him it's the coach in that system, that Shanahan system. Uh, where I think that's what's going to make him be a a really good quarterback. Uh, I didn't love him as you know a prospect can you know compared to Justin Fields, but I, I think Trey Lance might wind up being the better better quarterback than you know Justin Fields and uh, Tua just because of that system that he's in. And the big thing with Tua last year was he he looked gun shy. He looked like a, a game manager. He has to actually go out there early on in the season. Like the first play of the season needs to be a damn bomb to Jalen Waddle because he was gun shy. And I don't know if they just weren't running deep routes and, and saying, okay, they're going to run the deep route, but I don't want you to take that shot because I don't want you to, you know, we don't want any turnovers. We just want to play smart, um, you know, control the clock. Defense was baller last year. They were really good. So that's what they were trying to do and trying to accomplish. So they have to like unleash him and let him be what he was uh, his what junior season, right? Well, right. basically his entire collegiate career before he got hurt. Yeah, um, yeah. Take the sophomore year, take the junior year. Just right. fantastic production, and which is why I'll I'll still have him over Trey Lance and Justin Fields, even with with what you're saying. Um, just better collegiate production. I, I get there's yeah. the injury now, but now we're a full year and a half removed <clears> from that. Uh, November 2019. So let's move on kind of to the person that you're talking about with Trey Lance, because that's a guy that we actually have coming up here with a bigger discrepancy than most of these guys. You have him as quarterback 11. I have him as quarterback 17. DLF says he is quarterback 15 for them. So talk to me about uh, about Trey Lance. I know you've heard my thoughts a couple of times, so wax poetic on him a little bit, and then I'll jump in with my thoughts. So a big thing with him is he's going to need a little bit of time to, you know, get into the system, learn the system. Uh, he's got to work on his accuracy, but 
if he was going to go anywhere in the league that could kind of hide his accuracy issues, San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan is that one spot because they run a lot of wide receiver screens. Uh, they just run a lot of like short intermediate routes where it's going to be a crosser and it's going to be a, a lot of yak, so to speak. So it's not necessarily bomb here, bomb here, bomb here. And the next thing you know, you have George Kittle just going ham on somebody and doing whatever it is that he does and, you know, with an ax and just he's an animal, man. He really is an animal. <laughs> I love that dude. Uh, <laughs> But he's got really good weapons. Again, I love that system for him. Those are the main reasons why I have him there. He's got the legs, uh, so he's going to add an additional probably, you know, I think we can say 400 to 500 rushing yards in a season, Just, right? Uh, he's going to add a, a lot on the ground yeah. would be what I'd say. I don't know what that right. number is, but anywhere from 500 to 1,000. Uh, right. Be, so people think about I'm that might be a hot take. 400 on the downside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll even jump over you as the guy who's lower on him. His rushing game is the only reason he's he's super relevant this first year is that he has yeah. that ability to maybe get to the Lamar Jackson 1,000-yard rushing season. So, with, again, with his legs, it's the added element of those fantasy points there. That, that's that's hidden value, so to speak, for a quarterback when, when you have even a guy like Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is going to get you probably 400 rushing yards because he can move. Um, they're, they're not going to design a shit ton of like scrambles like they are for Trey Lance, but he can move. Um, so Trey Lance with that rushing ability adds that thing that, you know, the 49ers offense and really Kyle Shanahan since that RG three rookie season has been lacking. And we saw what that offense did that year. So with the weapons that he currently has in, you know, my boy, Ayuk, uh, <laughs> and, and we got Debo and we got Kittle there. I, I think that's just going to be super dynamic once he, he gets that down. And, and that's why I like him so much. And that's why I have him at 11, which seems a little bit high. But again, I'm baking in a ton of that rushing value. Absolutely. And, and I think if you're going to have him there, you are banking on the Lamar Jackson end of the spectrum, right, uh, for his rushing. Because I think that's why people like him. And, and, and that's why, you know, as someone who's going to, absolutely be labeled as the Trey Lance hater. I, I love his rushing game. I love his rushing ability. I think that's why he's going to be able to stick around in this league is because of his dual threat ability. Um, Cause we really haven't seen a guy quite like him. Like I've kind of referenced Lamar Jackson a couple of times. He's not like Lamar Jackson when he runs. I almost think he's like a mix between the, the, the finesse of like a Jalen hurts, but the power of a Josh Allen, right? Like he is a, such a so, strong runner, but he's also super shifty at the same time. And so I think that combination is really exciting. It's funny. You don't have to look very far. It's, it's almost, you could say he's a Kaepernick clone, so to speak. Oh, that's interesting. I, I honestly, I've never put that together, well, <laughs> which is uh, he, not great, but yeah, right. So Trey Lance, he runs in a very upright manner, which Kaepernick does. So when they run, I, I feel like they run in a similar manner. I'm not talking about all of the entirety of their game, but like when they run, they both run like, you know, upright deers, so to speak. Um, they're just fucking moving. So uh, right. yeah, I got, I got Trey Lance a little bit high and you know what? I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. So I'm not quite as high on him. Uh, obviously I, I talked about the positives with him. Now let me say why I have him a little bit lower and, and I think it just comes down to we, we talked about Justin Fields. We talked about Tua Tungavailoa. We talked about um, some of these other uh, recent quarterbacks that are coming in. What do they have more than what Trey Lance has in, in its experience, its passing attempts, its reps, 
And that's something that just Trey Lance doesn't have a lot of, right? Um, he only has 300 career attempts at, at North Dakota State, which is, again, FCS. They are a powerhouse FCS, so I'm not going to take that away from him. But still, they're, they're playing against the top talent of Central Arkansas, James Madison. And in those tougher competition games, it's it's they're, they're ones where he's struggled passing the football. So in a, I get it. The, the NFL is changing a little bit where you can have the rushing ability be kind of your decoy for, for people who aren't as strong as, as, as passers. He doesn't have a ton of attempts and he doesn't have really any attempts against top tier talent. Tua, we had him at Alabama. Justin Fields, we had him at Ohio State. You know, Trevor Lawrence, we have him against at Clemson. And these guys are two, three year starters, right? Where they have 25, 30 starts. Trey Lance has 17 starts to his name, which is one season and then one game this past year against Central Arkansas where he struggled. So you're really you're really trying to bank on his rushing to, to elevate him uh, early, which does, gives him a nice floor. But again, we're talking about the San Francisco 49ers who are trying to win a Super Bowl. They have, a, I think, a Super Bowl winning roster. They, they were to the Super Bowl just two years ago um, with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they have that. And if you want somebody to lead you there in year one, I honestly don't think Trey Lance is that guy. Uh, I think he's going to need a little bit of, de- of development. And so if they're going all in, I think they maybe will ride Jimmy Garoppolo longer than some people might want. Now, if they struggle, they come out the gates, you know, two and four, maybe they take turn the reins over earlier, but I think it might be um, a little bit of Jimmy G um, longer than people want, which I think will be a benefit to Trey Lance. If he, the longer he sits, if he sits a full year, I think that will be better for him in the long term. but I don't see that happening. And I don't think he has the acumen and the reps and the experience right now to start for an NFL team. So I agree that I think he needs to sit and learn that system and sit behind Jimmy G and learn how to be a pro quarterback and work on some of his accuracy issues. So he, he's got work. He's just raw. It's just what Kyle Shanahan can turn that, you know, really nice lump of clay into. And I think it's a really nice lump of clay. Um, and that's why I have him that high. But at 17, I think it's a, it's a bit low, but it's, it's all it's, – it's okay because you're baking in the fact that he's not going to play in the first. So this is the thing with rankings, right? So Robbie has him at 17. I, I have him at 11. Um, I don't know if I necessarily – so his value is going to go down if he doesn't play at all this year. It's just probably going to go down just because that's what happens with quarterbacks. Um, if you're not going to play, your value is going to go down. It's not going to plummet, but it's going to go down a little bit. Um, and it's going to be, okay, do I buy him at his current price now that it's not the 102 or the 103 rookie pick? Uh, so I understand you're, you're thinking there with it. I just think he's got that – he's got the upside of just the moon. And, and that's absolutely fair because, right, this is the upside type player. Lamar Jackson, QB1, 420 fantasy points or whatever he had uh, in 2019. Like he basically reset the record books, right, um, because of that rushing ability. That's the upside that you have in a Trey Lance, and I think that's great. I just don't know if we're drafting him. We're drafting him at his upside price, I feel like, because he's almost a top 10 guy 
with such limited experience at an FCS school. Um, he's going into a spot where he might not start for half the season, if not the entire season, right? And so I just think we need to maybe draft him at at the, the medium level, right? Not Don't draft him at his low side. Don't draft him at his high side. That's why I have him at QB 17. I have him below some of these guys that I know are going to produce um, a lot more here in the next maybe two to three years than, than Trey Lance will um, for me. So that's that's just my, my slight hesitation on him. So you know what you just told me? You will have zero Trey Lance shares because yes. if you are drafting him at his medium level, someone yeah. will always draft him well above you. And you're not going to get him. And that's fine. But a guy like that, you have to draft yep. at the upside value. I Otherwise, agree. you're going to miss out on it. And you have to take the risk. Like he is the typical risk reward pick. So, you know, scared money don't make money. Oh God, I love that. I love that, there Tom. And and if you're picking, and here's where I'm like the the play it safe guy. If you're picking of these top five QB prospects for this rookie class, not all five are going to hit, right? Like we see this year after year after year. Josh Rosen uh, was the one that didn't hit out of that 2018 class, right? 18. 2018 class. Yep, so 18. who's not going to hit in this 2021 class? It's going to be somebody. I think the easiest person for me to point to would be Trey Lance. Now, some people might say Zach Wilson. Some people might say Mac Jones because he has no rushing floor <laughs> like whatsoever. But for me, like you're talking about the high upside, high downside. I kind of got him right in the middle, like at 17. Like I'll take him over quite a few guys that I don't see that upside with, but I'm not going to take him over consistent options. Um, but yeah, we spent a little bit of time on him because I think it is important because he's somebody that is going to be a little bit more polarizing than others. And I'm definitely in the minority. I think more people have him up higher than I do, but um, I think he's a good guy to discuss. Uh, but let's move the conversation to Deshaun Watson, who has just been in the news a lot this offseason. He's somebody that I've dropped all the way down to quarterback 18. You have him down at quarterback 12, and DLF actually still has him at, at quarterback 10, which I feel like they maybe haven't done full updates yet. Um, maybe they have, and they're just, they're just thinking, you know, this won't be a, a long-term issue for them. Cause again, we're talking dynasty. We're not just talking about the 2021 season. I guess I'll just start off. Cause I'm, I've dropped him the most. My fear with Watson is that I don't think he plays again for the Houston Texans. And that means where does he go? And I have, that's no... honestly, that's the greatest thing that could ever happen to Deshaun Watson at this point. You think or so? Cause I'm like, yes. I don't know. I don't know where that lands him. If that lands him in, in, in a better spot, that's great. But there's so many unknowns right now that I'm not going to take the risk and draft him over um, some of these other players, especially these rookies that we're all talking about, right? A lot of these rookies for me are quarterbacks. Let's see, Lawrence is at eight or nine for me, and then it drops all the way down to Lance at 17. I'm not taking him over any of these guys who have the potential. A, they're younger. They have the potential to be um, some of those top six, seven, eight QBs in the future. I'm taking all of those guys over somebody who probably won't play at all this year if he does play in the future years, does he ever reach kind of that that top three ceiling that we've seen from him in the past? I'm just not ready to to say that because I, I again he lost Hopkins and he still was able to produce. So you've you've seen him be able to do it with lesser talent, but I'm just not ready to take a full year off of him, and then you have to try and recollect that game that game that you lost that last year. Um, because you're not going to get him for a full year. That's something that has to be baked into his value. So even if he does produce for you in 2022 and he's a top 10 quarterback you had a full year with this many points potentially right I'm, I'm assuming he doesn't play this year you had a full year with zero points from him so i think you're going to you're going to see deshaun watson this year that's why i have him at 12 i, I think uh we heard a lot right 
from both sides as far as like the lawyers going back and forth at each other and it's been crickets except for like one or two days where they came out and sniped a little bit at each other and i think what they're doing is they're working towards a settlement and in that scenario deshaun watson's going to take um you know some he's going to take a little bit of a hit as far as suspension probably six games that's what roethlisberger got i believe um hold on i got i got i have to interrupt you i'm so sorry normally i let you finish the whole oh it's fine robbie interrupt me i interrupt you all the time roethlisberger had one case against him you know times 22 okay that would be deshaun watson you take that one and then you take it times 22 that's the number of uh, of allegations Deshaun Watson has against him, and that's where I get a little bit nervous. Where it's not just a one person situation. This is so many people that the six games thing. Like I just I just can't fathom that that is the NFL. There's no way after all the stuff that the NFL has done with with the most recent cases, right? Uh, Darius guys blacklisted right now, and for good reasons. Again, when I say blacklisted, Zeke, I'm sorry. As an Eagles fan, Zeke getting six games was mind blowing to me. I don't want to dive into that because I think that's a completely different situation. I don't know if are, are you on the that's too little or too much. I thought it was too much. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm on. When the you had when when you had the the person who did the investigation sit in and say that zero. there should be zero games and they right. kick them out of the meeting. There, right. There's clearly an agenda there. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Completely but agree with that. But now you have now again, again, I think that's a perfect example. One allegation, right? One allegation. And, and that one, I don't want to dive into it. There's just a lot of interesting details. I will say in that one, that 22, I guess is just the big number that keeps on coming back to my head where I don't, I don't think this is a six game suspension type of deal. I think the NFL, if they only give them six games with this, they will be absolutely ravished right now. Like the, the and this is it'll coming go, from, it'll, um, it'll go away in a news cycle. No, oh man. I don't know. I don't know. I Dude, think the I'm, way I'm telling you, look at the Tyreek Hill stuff. That stuff went away. Again, also interesting things where I think the the way that that was portrayed wasn't exactly reality. Uh, uh, with that, I, com- um, I completely agree with you. Alleged child abuse. I will I will say alleged because um, there are some interesting caveats there. Again, and we're talking about a one a one person uh, suit, right? A, a one person account. But now we have such a wide array. I'm not a legal expert. I'm not going to pretend to be, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on this. But I do yeah. want to just note that. It, the the sheer number is what worries me here, and so that's why I think it's much more than six games. I think it might be a full year ban, and gosh, if it's more than that, don't be don't be shocked. Like everyone would be like Deshaun Watson suspended for indefinitely. Like I, I definitely can see that being a, a potential outcome as well. I would be very surprised if that happened because I think so. Deshaun Watson basically came out and said he wanted to go to court, right? to get everything dismissed. And all of a sudden now we had, we have nothing. So if they, if he settles, I think he's got a backroom deal with the NFL to say, okay, we will be suspending you for X amount of games. Otherwise he would probably take it to court and say whatever, because it's civil. It's not criminal. If there's not enough evidence to be prosecuted in a criminal court, it's a little bit different. It's civil cases. It, it's all about money. That's so fair. that's why I'm saying, I think it's the six game uh, variety and maybe it's eight games too. It can bump up to 10, but I don't think it's going to be the entire season. And again, we're talking about dynasty and yep. let's get back to the football aspect of it. I think him getting out of Houston is the best thing that can happen to him because that organization right now is an absolute dumpster fire. Like they're pr- between them and the jets. Uh, 
they have to be, I, I believe they're favored to be the worst teams in the NFL. Uh, and that's even if Deshaun Watson plays, uh, that's going to be a rough squad out there. You know what I mean? You're talking right. Deshaun Watson plays the max is like five wins, right? If he doesn't play, sweet Jesus, sweet baby Jesus, is there a zero and 17 team? Because I don't know how they're winning a game. Uh, so where can he go if two of falters? Miami is just the Deshaun Watson's top five because Miami. The Eagles are another big one. They have a ton of ammo. They can go out and get a quarterback. They're gathering weapons. That's an interesting one as well. Another one, New York with Daniel Jones. They now have extra draft assets, uh, and they could get them. Uh, so there's a bunch of teams, I think, where he, he goes and his value goes up as opposed to Houston. I'm baking in the fact that he's going to get traded somewhere. And Houston is a horrible organization, and he can't he literally can't. If he got traded to the Jets, he'd be in a better situation. So that's I, I don't know what I'll say. He's he's in like the worst situation in the NFL. So if he if he goes anywhere else, you know, up up up. So you're taking him over somebody like uh, Stafford. Stafford will probably if if in that scenario uh, with Matt Stafford. I think at that point I would likely already have my QB two or I'm waiting even longer <clears throat> and going with somebody like Carson Wentz, if I can, Matt Ryan, if I can, okay. um, something like that. Okay. That was just a one, a one person check there, but yeah, I think we need to move on to uh, Carson Wentz because this is another guy that, man, we have, we have absolutely flipped man on, on this guy. Cause if we rewind all the way back to probably episode one, uh, maybe one of our, our playful uh, back and forth was, you know, Dak versus Wentz, right? That was a big conversation with Eagles fans and Cowboys fans. You just rewind a year ago, and, and that was a huge debate, right? And, and so now – Thanks know, for bringing it up. My, so my mom died when I was four, Robin. <laughs> hey, Let's I'm talk just, about I'm that just, too. Hey, we're disputing. I'm going to let the people know when Tom's wrong, Robbie's right. It was if, a rough if, day. If, if I don't, then then nobody's gonna know. But and guess but, what? Carson Carson Wentz is gonna go out and be better than Dak in in Indy, and then we're gonna have be able to have this debate again. But uh, you know what? In, if he does, here. then Robbie's gonna be right again because now I am the Carson Wentz fan, having him at QB fifteen. You were all the way down. Where consensus is, you have him at QB twenty two. DLS Hold on now. QB twenty two. So you actually so, have him where he should be technically by consensus. I'm the high guy on him. I, I do have him higher than 22 after doing, you know, a little bit of an update. I think I'll have him at 18 after an update, which is still lower than you. It's not absurdly low. Um, but yeah, so I, I think Carson can succeed in Indy. Uh, I just don't know. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The weapons in India are, are what scares me. I, for the first time, he's going to have a dominant running game. And that's that's really fun for me. Uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see if Frank Reich turns him into a game manager just to keep him safe for at least like the first six games or so. Uh, but if they get Julio uh, up, 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 you know Ooh. what I mean? I just got, you know, chills, <laughs> absolute chills. Chains my shorts. So that, that's, that's, <laughs> that is, but I think Carson can get up there again. It's just with those weapons. I don't think he's got a lot of um, room to be a top 12 quarterback. I think he are can his be, weapons, gonna... are his weapons worse than they were in Philly? Like, let's just be honest. Well, like, last we had... year, well, what, last year was horrible. So Travis Fulgham, Deshaun start... Jackson, halfway. Yeah, what did he do last year? You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, I get it. But, like, in previous years, even – let's take his best, right? Nelson Aguilar, I shouldn't have started with him. Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, Nelson Aguilar. Those were kind of his trio with – up. Well, Zach Ertz, let me, let me be fair here. Zach yeah. Ertz should have started off the conversation. That was yeah. kind of his, his trio quad group in 2018 when he had kind of the MVP-ish season, right? Is, am I remembering the correct year? or was that, No, that would have been 2017, the year was, you guys won, no, right? Yeah, it was 2017. 2017, right? And then Nick Foles leads you guys to promised land. Okay, so he right, has so he that. Was, yeah. So so go go back. Carson Wentz was a QB5 that year, and he missed the last four games or three games? Uh, last three games. Right. Uh, he was probably going to be the MVP of the league until he got hurt. So he was a monster, and he had Alshon. He had Torrey Smith. He had Ertz. Aguilar was actually good. Uh, the running game was Jay Ajayi and LeGarrette Blunt. So he can do it, but it has to be in a creative system. Frank Wright can do that. I understand that. But Alshon was really good back then before he turned into a snitchy <laughs> motherfucker, uh, <laughs> which may have turned out to be true, but we're not going to go there. Whatever. <laughs> um, so he can do it. He's just ever since he tore that ACL, he's just been a completely different player. Like you, you don't necessarily have the he doesn't have the functional mobility that he had. He doesn't look the same when he when he plays. So maybe another year away. Um, and just not, I hate to say it, the Philly media is rough, man. We, we yeah. are, we are rough and him going to a market like Indy where it's like, Hey, don't you know how you doing? Hey buddy, <laughs> would you like a steak? Let's go down uh, to the steakhouse. Okay. They're just nicer, nicer people out there. Like we are a bit aggressive out here. And I realize that. And when you go to a Philly press conference and there's 40 reporters, and then you go to an indie press conference and there's like eight. It's a big difference. It's a huge difference. You feel like you're getting attacked in Philadelphia, even if you're not. Uh, and then in India, it's just it's a different, it's a different vibe, man. And I, I get that as a as a Philly guy. It's it's a completely different vibe everywhere everywhere else than here. It's crazy. So the, I think that might help him because I think he got in his own head. This offseason, he got in his head. The yeah. Jalen Hurts thing got in his head. The media got in his head. Nick Foles got in his head. A fresh starts what he needs. Um, I hope he succeeds, to tell you the truth. And I hope, you know, Howie looks like a jackass for doing what he did because Howie is a jackass. Um, but I just – where he's at right now, I don't know how, how much higher I could put him. Yeah, so you hope it. I, I think it will happen, right? Like all the stuff you're saying, 
I'm not going to go back through it all, but it's literally new place back with his coach that had success with him. Doesn't have to worry about the Jalen Hurts controversy. Doesn't have to worry about, is he going to be the guy? Like he is the quarterback. He's back with this guy. He's in a better, I, I think, I'm not going to diss Philly at all, but like you, you just said it yourself. Like they're they're so tough on him. Where Indy, I think, is going to just accept him as, hey, you know, Philip Rivers did great for us, but now we have like that long term future uh, guy, and I think Wentz is absolutely going to rock with him. So that's why I have him at QB 15. I think he's going to be back to good Carson Wentz. Um, I'm kind of throwing this last season to the wash, so I have him up there higher than consensus. So I am the the odd man out there, but. Tom, we got to get to running backs because this is this is the hotness. Everybody loves talking about running backs and where they should be ranked. And our biggest discrepancy right now is the first guy we're going to talk about here, Cam Akers. You have him up there at running back six, man, so high. I have him at running back 12. DLF splits kind of the difference, maybe a little bit more to you. They have him at, at running back eight. So talk to me about Cam Akers because he's been all the rage. I think that this past month, month and a half, everybody is pushing him up the draft boards. Why should he be up there at running back six? So it's just – that's a big tier of running backs for me. Uh, he's just at the top of it. Um, you're talking about Akers, Swift, Chubb, Najee, Derrick Henry, and Zeke. You can include Montgomery, Dobbins, and Gibson if you want. And it's just a huge tier where you can have everybody swapped out if you want. But I think Cam Akers has the – the best path to being that workhorse. We saw it at the end of the season. Um, I meant to pull it up and I've somehow lost it, but like the last like four, what the hell was it? He was like the, he was like the RB three or four or something down the stretch of the season when uh, he actually got all those touches, which is what we were waiting for another right. year in that, another year in that system. Um, so they don't have to worry about the, the rookie jitters, so to speak. We were talking about earlier on in the season, it was a COVID offseason. Everything was virtual. Now he's actually out there. Uh, he's going to get the system down even more. And the big thing, Sean McVay was trusting him down the stretch to be that workhorse, to get all those touches. I think with Matthew Stafford, it's a much better situation at quarterback because he's smarter. Um, he's he's going to get catches. They were throwing the ball to him. I, I just love everything about Cam Akers, man. You know me. I was a Cam Akers stand when he was coming out. Um, and I don't think he has anything really behind him that's going to cause an issue. The Darrell Henderson thing, I think that was solved. Uh, Malcolm Brown is gone. So I, I just, <laughs> I love that path. Sean McVay wants a workhorse back. He can put in there and just go. That's what he wants. That's why he drafted Cam Akers in the second round with his first pick in that draft. I, I just, I, I love him there. Uh, you can't. You can't prove it. Otherwise, you're wrong. I'm right. I was right about Jonathan Taylor being ranked All right, so high. Wrap up. Okay. Cam Akers being ranked this high this year is basically me and Jonathan Taylor last year. So get on it. Get with the program. Move them up. I don't understand. Get it going. Have some trust in your boy. I am so ready. I'm so ready for week seven when Cam Akers doesn't come out of the gate hot. We are like, you know what? Maybe I was too high on him. I'm bumping back down my ranks. And then he goes off, and you have to be like, nope, never never got off the train. Listen, Always was my guy. All, all I had to do was say for one week, I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. And the I'm next thing you know, the JT show shows up. And I'm like, I bump him down, and I bump him right up. It was like 
it was like a time blurb. You could just erase those like five days. You just erase them because you uh, went right back up. I was in faith. my feelings. Lost I was faith in my feelings. for like the five seconds, and I'm never going to let that go. But yeah, so Akers, he, here's the one player on our list that I will say that I think maybe I think you're too high on him, but I, all, I I probably can admit that I may be too low on him and he you should are. be right, right in the middle because this is a guy that absolutely has the path. He has the talent. He has the offense. Now I wish they would have addressed their offensive line. They have a tackle that's 37 years old. They have a right tackle. That's garbage. I wish they would address their line a little bit more, but no, they drafted 149 pound wide receiver with their second pick or their second basically their first overall pick their second round pick so didn't love that but let's talk about why i don't have him as a top six guy top eight guy like you do when you are a top six running back almost guaranteed what you have to have is 50-ish receptions 65 to 70 targets except when you're derrick henry that's the only real exception nick chubb kind of flirts with that every now and then but even he doesn't quite break that mold because he doesn't get the targets and the receptions so outside of derrick henry you have to have 60 targets 60 to 65 maybe even 70 targets catch about 50 balls to get top six and that's where i get a little bit concerned with acres because when he was the full-time starter getting 60% of the snaps, so I'm not talking about when he was splitting time darrell henderson was the starter malcolm brown was getting some run no this is when he's the full-time starter getting 60% of the snaps, he was only getting two targets per game. Strap like that out. We'll even give him the 17 games this year, 34 receptions. Like he is in the 35-ish target range. So he has to absolutely take a huge leap, which is possible, but I'm not going to project that uh, for him to get in that 60 target range because we just didn't see that year one. Um, I do I do think that's maybe in the cards, but that's projecting at the high end. So that's where I think maybe you're projecting at the high end. I'm projecting at the lower end. And, and maybe he's somewhere right in the middle because that's the one thing you need to kind of jump in the upper half of the running back one status. And I'm just going to take these other guys over him. DeAndre Swift, who absolutely is a pass catching back. Um, you know, Najee Harris, who did show that and, and that he can be a pass catching oh, back. Fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm going to take Derrick Henry still uh, over him slightly uh, just because of, of his absolute workhorse ability and how he's getting the absolute workload of 300 yeah, plus kills a year. When do those, um, when do those wheels fall off with Derrick Henry? That that's one that's that's a tough one for me because no, I absolutely. love Derrick and, Henry. and they're right there and they're right there. Right, I have, I have uh, Derrick Henry at 10. I have Cam Akers at 12. So they're right yeah. there for me. And and obviously you know me. I've, I've talked about Zeke before. I think we might even be getting to Zeke. Uh, here in a bit. Yeah, we're getting to Zeke in a bit. But so, yeah, there's a couple guys that are right there in that tier where I maybe have Cam on the on the low side. Maybe I bump him over, Derek Henry. Maybe I bump him over a couple of these guys. I get him to running back 10. Um, but I do think running back six is a bit rich for me. Well, that's fine. But again, like I said, these guys are all in the same tier for me. The guys that we're talking about that we brought up, uh, they're all in the same tier. I think uh, DeAndre Swift and the Cam Akers debate, I think, is the the best one out of all of them. Uh, because you were either an Acres guy coming out or a Swift guy coming out. I like them both a lot. Um, Swift, like a baby. lot, a lot, a lot. Swift. Uh, but that Detroit team slash offense, biting kneecaps, all that other shit. I don't know what's going to go on in that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's the reason I have Cam Akers uh, with the edge over DeAndre Swift because that team is just. 
Yikes, best, man. Yikes. Best and only playmaker in town, DeAndre Swift, going to get peppered receptions all over the place. But not the next guy we're going to talk about. We are talking about Aaron Jones next. I have him at running back nine. You have him at running back 16. DLF has him at running back 11. You know, And I'm just going to start on this one first because Aaron Jones is somebody I, I've had in a lot of dynasty leagues, and I've never really given him the running back one locked and loaded top six guy respect that he's that he deserves like each year you and i have talked about this on multiple shows before like he just somehow always finds himself outside our top 12 rankings we we can't really put our finger on why there's always just something but now this man has a new contract uh jamal williams is out of town he has aj dillon there but i just think i'm i'm done disrespecting this guy like he just has done so well for, for so many years now where I just need to respect the talent, respect the game of his pass catching ability. He's now going to get that full workload with Jamal Williams out of the, out of the deal. AJ Dillon is not going to be the pass catching back. Um, Kylan Hill, they took in the seventh round will be the guy that fills in if Aaron Jones gets injured at all. But outside of your top 15 running backs and dynasties bonkers to me, man, this guy just got a new deal. He's with a good organization. Like they, they, they he just always is, is super efficient with his rushes. I am saying you are bonkers for having him outside your top 15 running backs. Yeah, you know what? Probably. Um, I don't give Aaron Jones the respect that, that he deserves, even though on our second show, I literally came out and said, hey, guess what, guys? Aaron Jones is still good at football. Like, you did. He's very you did. Show right. number two. Absolutely. Right. He is a good football person, you know, <laughs> to put it lightly. But so like I said, this is all a big tier for me, right? I will have him over Miles Sanders, so I'll have him at 15. I can't bump him over Gibson or Dobbins. Montgomery, I think, is the the one where I could bump him down under Aaron Jones because he Dobbins? hasn't done what Aaron Jones has. Dobbins. Dude, I, I yes, yes. Yeah. 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 He'll catch he'll catch 20 balls this year. Can't wait. Okay. And like 27 touchdowns. Maybe, maybe actually <laughs> at his touch, at his touchdown rate, if he finds a way to not have touchdown regression, uh-huh. he will have 27 touchdowns. Yeah. So he's good. So that's, that's a big thing with Dobbins. Um, that's all again. Like I said, though, I, so it, it's funny because we talk about it and we're like, oh my God, I can't believe he's at wide receiver 16. And you mentioned the guys that I have him right in with. This is a, a ginormous tier. So you talk about the top guys, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley. That's the top three. Consensus, right? And then yep. you have Dalvin, Kamara. I think they're pretty consensus four or five for most people. And, you know, when I say Dalvin, I have Dalvin, Kamara. That's your top five, so to speak. And then you just have, like, this huge tier. And you can even cut it off at, at three where I said – McCaffrey, JT, and Saquon. And you can put that tier from three all the way down to like 16 and arrange them any way you want. And it's crazy. That's how good it is. And then outside of that tier, we're talking about guys like CEH, Mixon, uh, Jacobs, ETN, Javante Williams, Eckler. And if you go back a few years and you think about the running back position where we were like, there's no fucking running backs. I don't know what to do. There was just this influx of running backs where now we have too many. It's awesome. So 
it's not even I don't even feel like it's disrespect because they're all right there in that tier where if you rank them however you want to, it, it's a it's okay. It's all right, Robbie. It's absolutely disrespect. This man was running back two <laughs> and then running back five, and you say he can't even crack your top fifteen. Get out of here with that. No, dude. I said he's he is at fifteen. He's above no. Miles Sanders. All right, fair enough. So we have uh, moved Tom a little bit with this dispute. I call this that a was win. before the show. I moved. Okay, sir. Fair enough. So next guy we need to talk about is Zeke. And this is a guy that we don't disagree a ton on, but I think the overall consensus disagrees a little bit more. I have him at eight. You have him at 11. I Uh, have him. So I did my little update. I have him at 10. And then DLF has him at 12. So this is a guy that most people are lower on. I just wanted to have the conversation on him because I I do think that the haters came out in droves last year. They said Zeke doesn't have it anymore. He can't carry a load. You know, he's, he's injured. He's worn down too many carries, you know, all of this. And I I say pish posh, pish posh to all that nonsense. Yeah. Tell me the difference. I want you to tell me the difference between Zeke and Dalvin cook who DLF has at running back 12 and then running back four, both are 20 per uh, 20 touches per game running backs. Both are on really good offenses. Both are the exact same age. They're like a month apart, but no Dalvin cook is at running back four and Zeke's at running back 12 because, Oh, the Cowboys entire offense gets injured and he has oh a running back nine season. He, he falls all the way down to running back nine in 2020. And now he's, he's outside you know, he's, he's running back 12 for DLF. Tell me, tell me the difference between them because I view them as the same player. I'm not going just off of last year. I'm looking at their full career and their trajectory the next three to five years, and I see them as the same player. Uh, Zeke Elliott is just too low by consensus, and you've moved up a little bit, but I still think too low by you. Um, so <laughs> Dalvin stayed healthy. So I, I think that's for the first money. time in his career. Yeah. Which so is he was, great. but he would, well, okay. Second, sir. Well, he, Has was, he had two, he missed, 16 games. So he season? missed, he missed two games in, in 2019. So first season, and he was, he was still the RB six who finished uh, above last, him. Who yeah. finished above him? Yeah. Zeke at RB three. I know. I know. Okay. Um, and then you sure. have Dalvin cook finishing at RB two last year in 14 games. It's just the overall efficiency for me. With Dalvin and Zeke, uh, that, that's all it is, and it's the the wear and tear. I think Zeke, Zeke and Dalvin, they might be the same age, but as far as like NFL carry wise, Zeke's two or three years older than Dalvin because of the you know the earlier issues that he he had. Um, that that what, the, the earlier issues that the Dalvin injury had? issues, but he's now he's heavy. But now I'm sorry, now that now he's not heavy, he's not Eddie Lacy. Jesus Christ, Thomas, he's healthy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but but he's been healthy for the last two years. Well, year, okay, year. Let's just, just no, he's played that. fourteen games the last two years. Okay, until and last year, season. Zeke. Until last year, Zeke hadn't missed a game due to injury. He had the suspension right. that we talked about earlier. Not going to go into that, but he hasn't missed a game due to injury. So he had a little bit of calf and ankle issues. First real injuries he's had in a long time. I'd have to go back to Ohio State days for him. So we're talking about a guy that we think is wearing down because of his first injuries ever, really like just little nicks here and there, but it hasn't missed a game until this year. I, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't see the wear and tear just because he gets his first injury. No, I got you. You know why to tell you the truth for a lot of people, uh, because he played through the injury. Yeah. Because he no, looked, that's, no, that's because such a great point. Such a great point. Because, tell me. 
because he looked slow. He looked like he was beat down. He skipped that week and he came back and, and looked like a different player. So I, I'm not bashing you at all. It's again, it's it's a huge tier for me. It's just I can't have Zeke above him at, at the moment. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna pay for Dalvin, especially when I know other people are lower on Zeke right now, and I might be able to get him on the way back. Yeah. So that's that's the big thing for me. So Zeke is it he's a buy because he's what 25 years old. So you're going to uh, get three more. They'll, they'll both be 26 here shortly. I, okay. believe, I believe they're both July. One's early July, one's late July, something like that. So they're both about okay. to turn 26. Right. So I think they still have two to three really good seasons left if they don't get oh, hit give, by the injury bug. Give them more. Give them more. Yeah. No, I'm I don't want to give it. Well, Zeke, Zeke's really tough because of his workload, man. I mean, you're talking about everybody's three, worried over about the three, work. 320, 322 for rushing. And then 242, 304, 301, 244. And then you're talking about the other 32, 26, 77 catches in 2018, where he had 388 total touches. And then 54 last, or 54, 19, 52. Dude is a, a monster. He's he is honestly, a workhorse. He's, he's built great. different. I'm just going to say this right now because I he know is. that we, we, we are so worried about that workload thing. And, and I, we should be. We should be. This is not a, we shouldn't be worried. But there is just certain backs who are built different. They're built the 225 healthy backs. And when they don't have knee issues, they don't have lower body issues, they can go an extended 10-year career. We saw it with Adrian Peterson. He had a couple of ACL injuries, but he was good for probably 10-plus years. Uh, we saw it with a lot of backs kind of in that 2,000 range where running backs were kind of the guys that carried the load um, before we kind of entered the passing 600 attempts a year. So I think he is built like these these running backs of the the 90s, the 2000s. Um, so, yeah, I, I just don't think there's a huge difference. I have Dalvin Cook 7, I have Zeke Elliott 8, and I just think they're literally the same player. I have Dalvin Cook a little bit higher. Um, I, I do agree that I think maybe long-term he does a little less wear and tear, but he does have the injury history. But um, let, one, one last thing I need to say on Zeke, and then we can move on to, to our last player, the touchdown rate, because that's another thing we want to look at with Zeke is that he did not score any touchdowns this past year, and that's what kind of sank yeah. his value all the way to what running back nine, right? He was terrible this year at running back nine. Um, he had the worst touchdown rate of his career, and he was playing with a backup quarterback with third string offensive line. Like he just had so many injuries with the players around him that he normally scores a touchdown every 20 to 25 carries in the years before this last year. He only had a touchdown once every 40 carries. So let's just say he gets back to that range he's going to go score 10 to 12 touchdowns. Like it's, he's going to return to kind of that, to that range. If he has Dak, if he has the, an offensive line that doesn't get injured at both tackles and a guard and the center, you know what I mean? Like I think he will be back in that touchdown range. And so if you're talking about a, a guy that's going to get 200 to 50, 275 carries, he's going to get 50 ish targets. He's going to get 10 ish. We'll, we'll go eight or eight or nine, maybe 10 touchdowns. I just don't know how you don't like this player as a guy for the next three to five years. All right, my last point. So Dalvin Cook looks like the predator when he runs. And if you look at Zeke or, or if you look at Zeke, he looks like a fucking Ewok. <laughs> I'll take the predator over an Ewok. I technically do as well. I have him at seven and Zeke at eight, so I won't I won't <laughs> dispute it. I won't dispute it. But let's move to a guy that I think we will dispute on a little bit. Brought him up earlier. That is J.K. Dobbins. Tom, you have him at running back 13. I have him down at running back 17. D 
DLF has him at running back nine. Tom, we are both lower than consensus. What are we doing? Are we off base? What's going on? But let me let me talk about him since I have him way lower than consensus. It all comes back to the pass catching ability that I talked about with Cam Akers. Let's just take that times two with J.K. Dobbins because he really didn't show that at all in his rookie season. And he's splitting work in that backfield with Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson, who gets 150 carries, 200 carries um, in a season. You know, I enjoy that touchdown upside. I really, really do. But he was just on an unsustainable pace. Basically, every 14.8 carries he had, he'd score a touchdown. And you know who did better than that? Two people last season. Alvin Kamara, who had, if you remember, the six touchdowns. 18 touchdowns. 18 touchdowns. Won to me a fantasy chip. Yep. Won me a fantasy yep. championship. Won a lot of people. People love that, hate that, depending on if they had him on their fantasy rosters. He had so many touchdowns that week 16. But so he had a better touchdown rate. And then, and then Kyler Murray had a better touchdown rate for guys that had at least 125 carries. Other than that, no, he had the next best. So there's probably going to be some regression coming there. We have Lamar Jackson. We have Gus Edwards. We have a couple of new wide receivers in that offense. So I'm just trying to pump the brakes a tad. I like J.K. Dobbins. I think he's a very good runner. I don't think he gets the passing volume that I want to see out of a fringe QB1 guy where you have him at QB thir- or running back 13 and DLF has him as a top uh, running back one, a top 12 guy, a top 10 guy. And so I just want to pump the brakes a little bit. I'm going to take these other guys who catch more passes um, above him just because I, I don't see that touchdown uh, total returning, and I don't see the pass game uh, boosting him as well. I mean, dude averaged six yards a rush last year. <laughs> We're not even talking about that touchdown rate. We're talking about the, the yards. I mean, he got 134 carries and 800 yards. 805 yards. That that's insanity for me, and yeah. that was all with Gus Edwards, and uh, who left? Mark Ingram. Like Mark Ingram taking carries. So if you bump him up to 200, you're talking about over a thousand yards. He's probably going to even with even if you re, you know that's regressed, 12 to 13 touch touchdowns. The receptions. You're right. I think 30 is realistic that'd be the high the high end right let's right. Let's, let's think about josh like Jacobs, optimistic right, right. Like the josh so Jacobs, he got 45 45 targets that's that's a guess he had 45 targets ish and he had about 30 receptions this past year i'll look that up while you talk yeah. so but so it's optimistic for 30 receptions and you know I, I think he can do that but you add in the rushing yards and the rushing overall touchdowns and everything that we're talking about and he's in the top you know, 12, and then they're going to try and they're going to throw the ball at the running back. So you have to figure out who that's going to be. So they're going to try things early on in the season. If he can take that on, then, you know, he'll be good to go and he'll get more than that. But I, you know, I, I like him to be a top 12 running back easily. I'm going to push back against that because we've seen, and, and while you give the praise for having a running quarterback, right, of he has that, he had that six yards per carry. Let's let's dip that down. Obviously, that's not going to return. Let's give him let's give him a healthy five yards per carry. I think that happens when you have a rushing quarterback because you have to worry about that extra threat. He's definitely oh, yeah. going to going to have a good yards per carry, a healthy yards per carry. 
What's the downside? They don't throw their running backs, and that's why we didn't see um, J.K. Dobbins get a ton of receptions. Mark Ingram got a little bit. Gus Edwards, no. Justin uh, Hill didn't see the field. He he might. This is a little shout-out to him at the lower ends of my roster. Justin Hill <laughs> holding off Justice? hope. Ju- yeah, Justice. Yes, Justice. Uh, it's fine. For- He's so low on your roster, you don't even know his name. He's going to be Justin until he can earn justice. <laughs> he needs to earn justice again. So, right. yeah, I, I just I just think they don't – they're not going to – I don't think they're going to throw their running backs. I think they have Mark Andrews. I think they, they signed Josh Oliver. They have Rashad Bateman now. They have Marquise Brown. They're, they're going to try and, and move that football in other ways other than throwing to the running backs. So that's just why he's outside running back one status for me for Dynasty. But, again, I'm talking – I'm not even talking about, like, oh, he's going to get 50 receptions. I'm saying, like, 30. So – it's just with his rushing yards and his touchdowns, even with a little regression, he's still in that RB12 range. He's still in that running back one range. And then if he does that this year, he's, his value is only going to go up and he's going to shoot up again. So uh, if we so, take two uh, – Tom, if we take two – you you said about 200 carries, maybe he gets – because he's going to split a little bit, obviously with Lamar Jackson. They're, they're, they love Gus Edwards. He's been uh, kept around. He's going to get some carries. I mean, I'll give him 225, be a little bit generous there, and divide that by, let's say, the average I think is about a touchdown every 25 carries, 25 to 30 carries. I mean, that's that's nine touchdowns. Well, I, I, think I, don't know if he sees, I don't know if he sees double-digit touchdowns. That's that, I guess that's my point. Like He might drop I down think. to eight or nine touchdowns, and if no, he does, I, I maybe he gets 10. I think he's double-digits. So this isn't this – isn't, we didn't talk about this before, but I, I think this is a really interesting one because I have them back-to-back, and you have – Antonio Gibson at 11 in that RB1 range. So give me talk talk to me about why you have Antonio so far above JK Dobbins because I have a feeling it's going to be with pass catching and, and everything else. But the running back overall, uh, yeah. Go ahead. That's a good one, I think. Uh Gibson versus Dobbins. Yeah, man. I think let's just talk about the stuff that he does similarly to JK Dobbins, where they didn't get a ton of rushing. Uh, uh, they got good rushing volume, but they're both going to take a leap, right? Year two, they're a sophomore year. They get the full implement of the offense. They're the guy this year, right? Um, I think they both jump up to that 200 carry range, and both of them had great efficiency. Now, you want to talk about the line that I like a little bit more? I'll take Washington football team's line any day over the the Ravens and what Gibson was able to do efficiency-wise with that rushing attack. And now, now that, that we have some comparables there with, with that rushing ability – now let's just tack on the I, – I think Gibson can absolutely hit that 50 reception mark, and I don't see that anywhere near the cards for, for J.K. Dobbins. I, I think 35 is a max. Maybe 30, uh, 25, 30 is going to be maybe more of his uh, range. But you want to talk about PPR range, he's going to get 25 more points uh, on that end. And then their touchdowns will probably be similar. But Gibson's ceiling is – this is a guy that I'm just going to – absolutely advocate for every single time he's got a better quarterback he's got more weapons around him where they're not going to be able to focus anywhere near on him basically he just had terry mclaurin and then cam sims steven sims pick a sims any sim like they, they didn't have anything else you know what i mean but now they have diame brown now they have curtis samuel like these guys can take a little bit more and i i love jd mckissick for what he was able to become last year 
but they're not going to give him that amount of work. They'll, they'll give him pass catching work, but that's something Antonio Gibson did at college. As he becomes more involved in this offense, they're going to give him more of that work. They're going to build him into that role. And, and I just think he's going to take off and run this year. He's absolutely a running back one for me. Are you concerned with Curtis Samuel? No, Curtis Samuel is such a better real life player than he is a fantasy player. And I, and I said the same thing in Carolina when Rob Rivera, you, uh, Ron Rivera used him in Carolina. He just does things really well for your actual football team, but he's not going to be consistent enough to to take away major looks and major touches away from a guy like Antonio Gibson because uh, while they do similar things, uh, I think Gibson's a better talent. I think Gibson's obviously going to get the rushing game, and then he's still going to get a lot of that work uh, out of the backfield. I, I think where you had uh, J.D. McKissick kind of be in that slot while J- uh, Antonio Gibson was on the field, they had J.D. McKissick also in the field in that slot role. Now that's going to be Curtis Samuel. J.D. McKissick gets sent to the bench. They're not benching Antonio Gibson. I think this team loves him, and, and I'm a big fan. Uh, no, I, I really like Antonio Gibson. I was just wondering what you thought was – so Curtis Samuel, his big thing is in the red zone, he's going to steal touchdowns. So Antonio Gibson is going to have like four less touchdowns than he would have because they're going to do some tricky shit with Curtis Samuel and Curtis Samuel is going to wind up getting in because that's what Curtis Samuel does. He's a really good real-life football player, but you don't sign Curtis Samuel to not utilize him, and I, I think that's what they're planning on doing, so – um, I, I love Antonio Gibson this year. I think he is, you know, probably going to wind up being an RB one. That that tier that we're talking about, it's crazy. It's crazy how many good running backs are in that tier, because you could look at any of those guys from say five to seventeen, and they could be the RB one. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's where a lot of our conversation should go from here. Like we're going to hit on wide receivers and tight ends next in our, our ranks dispute, but I think we should circle back to help people parse through these running backs. Cause that's going to be your toughest thing for dynasty is trying to value these guys. Um, I, I love how you're saying they're in a tier. Cause I agree, but I think our big thing for, for listeners is trying to help them parse where these guys can separate in the next two or three years. Cause I do think there's going to be some guys that sink to the bottom and some guys that rise to the top. And I'm excited to kind of work through those conversations. So um, for Antonio Gibson, you know, you just hit on it. Some of those touchdowns might go away. Guy had zero receiving touchdowns. That's not happening this next year. He's going to gain some receiving touchdowns. So sure, his rushing touchdowns might drop like J.K. Dobbins, but I think he's absolutely going to shoot up with the receiving touchdowns. So he wasn't even a guy that we were disputing on, but he got added in the conversation. So I'm excited about that. I felt like like we had to do it. And the last point – uh, Dobbins had 36 less uh, rushes than Antonio Gibson and yet outrushed him by 40. <laughs> Quick math, 40 some yards. Yep. Like he's just super efficient there. So, oh, he'll, he'll, I think he absolutely breaks. Tw- let's see, we have 17 games now. He probably reaches 12, 1300 yards this year. So, right. Um, and that's, that's the big thing with me for Dobbins. He's going to be that horse. Uh, Antonio is going to catch those balls. I love Antonio Gibson. I love them both. I feel like I'm too low on both of them and I have them higher than consensus because of how much I like them. The only reason they're that low is because how deep the running back position actually is. Right. And that's where we have to separate it for people is just, right. You love a lot of these players. How do we parse these players out? Because you have to make those decisions. You have to make those tough lineup decisions. Who do you trade for? Who, who do you, you know, 
draft in your startups, right? There's still people doing startups this entire summer. So, uh, Tom, any last words before we wrap up this conversation? No, it's fun. It's good to, good to get back in with you. Um, I missed you. And Alex is hogging you. I don't appreciate it, but Alex and I are going to have a talk. I have your phone number. Don't worry about it. Interesting. I did not know this information. I'm a little concerned, but we'll just, we'll just let it slide. She'll um, deny it. She'll deny it. Flat oh, she absolutely will. I'm, I'm in I'm in her phone as pizza man. I, I don't believe this for a second, but <laughs> it might be true. So yeah, everybody who, who who's kind of listening at home, we really appreciate you guys jumping in, uh, those watching uh, for these videos that we're going to start kind of cutting up and putting out in segments because we know you guys don't want to watch an hour and 20 minute video, but um, we're going to put these out in segments so you guys can kind of hear our conversations on each player. Um, we really hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. We're going to have more of these disputes coming up in future episodes. And, and we're going to actually look to do some team previews coming up. That's something we didn't get to last year. There's just oh, there's a lot of content coming out. But we want to preview each team for you guys so you guys know what the depth chart looks like, where things might be shifting, who the new offensive coordinators are, who the new quarterbacks are, you know, kind of give you guys a feel for these teams as they look for 2021 and beyond. Because, again, we are a dynasty. We're looking at the long-term value and and return for these players. So, uh, Tom, with that said, that's all I got for tonight. Appreciate you jumping on with us, everybody who listened to us. We'll talk to you next time. One day when the tongue in his tongue will take a leave and go Soon day the old man come to bring us a and rum One day when the tongue in his tongue will take a leave and go She had not been two weeks from shore and then on her right whale board The captain called all hands on shore He'd take that whale and go Soon day the old man come to bring us a and when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.